What up? This is Yinka Dez. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And the, the moment is finally here. The moment that I've been waiting for for a while, actually. Yeah, I think you're more excited about this episode than I am. Uh, it's not so much that. <laughs> I was just, I was really excited to see the the Tupac movie. That's what we're going to be talking about to, on, uh, on today's episode. True. Uh, I think, you know, we've always kind of had this underlying running theme of, of <laughs> me making fun of, of Outlaw for, for not liking Pac. That's um, fair. At least that's fair. I share. Because you, you've called me a hater before in the past, definitely. which I don't think is fair I mean, at all. it's it's all fun and games. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think a lot of folks that I know, not necessarily Outlaw included, uh, definitely Shamira, definitely a lot of folks that I know from New York, I think have an unconscious West Coast bias. That's, um, that might be and, fair. And I think that as a result of that, they tend to be very harsh on Tupac. Um, and, and I think they hold him to a standard that he may not have even necessarily held himself to as an artist. Um, so um. I, I do think that I have um, a little bit of a bias, but it's not in the sense that I think the West Coast is whack. I just a lot of my music that I've enjoyed, I've preferred from New York versus yeah. that of the West Coast. And so I do admit that bias. But in right. terms of me being able to evaluate talent. I don't necessarily think that bias exists. My issue with Pac is kind of like the same with my issue with Beyonce in the sense that, mm-hmm. look, I was, I actually like Beyonce. I used to be a fan of Beyonce until mm-hmm. people told me that she was like on MJ's level yeah. or even in the conversation. And it's just like, I'm sorry, I don't see it. Yeah. And so my thing against Pac has never really been against him. It's just been like, yo, I don't see what you all see. Right. Therefore, I'm I mean, that's hater. the thing, right? You, you At some point, you kind of have to separate the the fanhood or stanhood yeah. of of folks versus sure. who they are. I think Eminem is a good example of that, right? Yeah. Like like yeah. Eminem fans would make me not like Eminem yeah. just because they are way just overboard with it, and I but, I feel that way about Tupac. But so but Tupac I'm a Tupac fan. I mean, you saw yeah. me in the theater. You were sitting yeah. next to me. I was jamming. I was probably <laughs> going harder than you were for half of that shit. So we saw the movie. We checked it out. Uh, Thursday? Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, Thursday, Thursday night. night. Um, I guess that was kind of like the premiere of it. Uh, for, I think there might have actually theater. been an official premiere event, actually the previous night. Okay. Um, which we had a chance to go to, but I mean, schedules, schedules and it was just yeah. like, maybe if it was like a week or two in advance, I probably would have tried to make it happen, right. but just a day in advance. But prior you know, to, um, I had sent uh, my definitive Tupac playlist, which was on Spotify. Yes, make yes, sure you y'all did. check that out. I'm going to put that link out there for, for the <laughs> 80s babies. Uh, whenever people hate on Pac, I always make them listen to this, to this, to, to be like, yo, you got to appreciate this man's work. So, you know, Outlaw listened to it. I did. And I did. He, he he came back like he wasn't impressed. So no, I was, all right. So I was going into this movie like, oh man, he's really hating. No, 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 no. So, so I listened to the, I listened to the playlist and it's, uh, it's top heavy, right? Like it starts mm-hmm. out fire, right? Because you kind of go in chronological order a little bit. Yeah. You start out with the strictly for my N words, where right. I don't try not to say on on air uh-huh. uh start out with that and then you go into um to me against the world right and to me like lyrically you know i think that um keep your head up is one of his like like i can't there's no flaw in that right. in any anywhere on that track right not not in the beat not in the melody not in the lyrics right yeah me against the world you know same thing i mean like tupac is just like on his shit right all eyes on me i think the music is dope right i think that there is a slight uh dip in his lyrics however mm. i can also attribute that to the fact that i mean he recorded it like mad quick right I yeah mean, he was just turning shit out but you know also definitely change in subject matter and that yeah. subject matter being a lot less meaningful than, than the earlier We're uh, records that for sure, yeah. um but i also think though that uh Pac got a better understanding of what people wanted mm-hmm. and he really created that album all eyes on me was an album for the consumers i think mm-hmm. he really really did a good job of you know canvassing what was going on on the scene what people wanted to hear mm-hmm. he kind of he took his you know me against the world i don't give a fuck kind of you know sentiment that he had that was kind of more underlying in those previous albums and he almost cartoonized it like he made it the thing you know and like his image became larger than life at that point in time he came out of jail after all the stuff and he he really put it all into the the music there so i think it it became more of an image than anything where where i think yinka took issue with my feedback was when it gets into machiavelli seven day theory okay um an album that yeah i listened to it back in the day on just Uh on a just kind of like listen to it but not you know not really 
I didn't really get in depth into it. Right. And I'm listening to it now, and I'm like, yo, not only is this shit not good, in my opinion, I think Hail Mary is one of the most overrated songs I've ever heard. I don't like it. I the think only... Hail Mary is the most overrated song in Tupac's catalog, but, but I still, like still it. think it's a good song. Right. Uh, the only track on that album that I really like, at least this is on the playlist, is mm-hmm. Live and Die in LA. I've always liked that song. That, that, song. that shit is dope. That's one of my top three favorite it's, Pac songs. It's, it's a good song. You're not going to hear any hate on that from me. But like lyrically, though, mm-hmm. Tupac, I thought, fell off even from All Eyes on Me. And it he gets into this really, really dark space where I remember I, I was mm-hmm. telling you uh, and even yeah. another friend, I was like, yo, if you go back and listen to this album, like he almost sounds like a paranoid schizophrenic. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't say that as a joke because, I mean, that's a serious issue. We might have listeners with friends and family with that issue. So I'm not like knocking that. Right. But I'm saying like he sounds he sounds like he was going through some really, really heavy shit. And it's just like, yeah. yo, this is kind of crazy. Uh-huh. So, and I was, I didn't get into it and I'm listening mm-hmm. to it. And I'm like, yo, you need some help. Yeah. Um, that was my takeaway from, from, from listening to that. Aside from that though, I mean, you know, I was banging I think it. it's a great album. Okay. Um, I That's think cool. it's, I think it's one of Pac's best albums. All right. Um, I and I, and I think also, um, I think this might get into some of the reason why you're not a big Kendrick fan. Okay. Like I think, I think you're not maybe not necessarily able to divorce concepts that you completely don't agree with from entertainment. Like, like I don't I, I don't necessarily feel how Pac feels. I don't go like not go nowhere without my gun because they're coming for me. Right. But at the same time, like I still think that a lot of that is just great music. Okay, you know that's cool. That's yeah, cool. but uh, anyway, so you want to uh, get down to the movie? So uh, you clearly are the bigger Pac fan than I am, right? Um, so you know what did what did you think about it i want to know what you thought about it <laughs> well it's funny because i tried not to let the cat too far out of the bag but people kept people kept pushing me because i made i made the mistake of just posting yes, wow this movie or something <laughs> something really open-ended this, this on movie though <laughs> yeah and 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 mad people commented and then i ended up getting kind of pulled out to to have a little bit of commentary on it but um i just don't think that the movie was a great movie it's not a good movie um i think that I think that after seeing Straight Outta Compton, yes. which I feel like set the bar for these rapper movies, it did. Um, this falls very short. It of does. That bar. It does. It does. Um, and I think, and when we said this o- o- over uh, probably text, you know, I think that this story is the is the better story of all of the rap stories that, Easy. We, that we've had yet Easy. right so um nwa has a really really compelling story i thought it was very interesting the artistic license that they took to make them this revolutionary group that like you know was all about uplifting the people right. you know and right. and striking back because of the la riots when part of it was just they just wanted to talk about i don't give a fucking bitches yeah, exactly. like, but they but they didn't really put that narrative in the movie but they, but they did an excellent job with it the cinematography is awesome the mm-hmm. acting is awesome mm-hmm. the soundtrack is incredible the, the sound effects the power techniques, was everything was great about it um yeah. this movie i think is a notch above notorious I think it's a lot better than Notorious. And Notorious I think Notorious was, was I think Notorious was trash. But I, I think, think of the three movies that we're talking about here, Pac's story was the best story easy, of the three. So it, it would have been very easy to make the best movie out of the three. Easy. Yeah. Um and you know, um I think so I think the movie fell short just as a movie. The main glaring error for me was the acting. Yes. Um I, I think that if this movie was a straight to TV movie, it would have been cool. Like I, I, yeah. we, we all would have been like, oh yeah, this is cool. You know, it's on TV. Uh, this is cool. Uh, they could have made it like a mini series, kind of like they did with the New Edition movie. His um, his it, it would allowed them more time, which yeah. could have helped. Yeah, and um, I think that and and this is where I think some people are gonna feel one way or the other about it. I think they cast Demetrius Ship based on his look yes. and not his ability. Yes. I think he this looks he looks a lot like Pac, but I don't think that he was compelling enough as an actor to portray Pac. Um and I think that I think that the thing about Pac that one of the things about Pac because you know we can get more into the plot of his life and and the events that made Pac this, you know, larger than life character that we all are are idolizing. But um I think Pac had what they call je ne sais quoi almost more than any other rap artist ever. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a certain it factor and a he certain did. passion about him that made people want to listen to what he said and, and compelled by who he was as a human. He is probably the most charismatic right. 
MC I think ever. Right. Uh, and I love Biggie. Yeah. Um, even like your method mans, you know, like there's some folks to, that like you, like you feel like you would want to know them and hang out with them. I, I love those guys, but like right. Tupac is just, is just more. Right. Yeah. And so the, I think honestly, I said this before and I think the, the, the ladies that I said this to were very happy about it. The fellas that I said were just like, eh, but I think Michael B. Jordan would have been a better Tupac. Maybe um, I think Michael B. Jordan has a little bit more of the it factor. I don't know if you've seen Fruitvale Station. I have seen it. Um, but I think I he was it. very compelling in Fruit, Fruitvale Station. Yeah. Um, and I think he just has more of the ability to really captivate an audience. And that's what you kind of need in that role. I struggle to see him as Tupac, right. but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, like he, he doesn't obviously doesn't have the look. And it he, seems like they really were going close. for the look here. But I need somebody that that has that that but even factor, even even know? the person who played Tupac in the Straight Outta Compton movie seemed like he had more 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 Tupac yeah. in him than than this guy. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because when we all saw the trailers and we saw him, we were like, "Oh shit, this guy is yeah. Pac!" Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And and part of what I, what I loved actually about the movie, the performance scenes. Um, I think he really kind of got Pac down. Like he had like a lot of his mannerisms. Oh, he, he had looked that like dip. Him. Like yeah. when he dips, like when yeah. when like Pac is trying to make a point. Right. I remember saying that to you in the theater. I was like, yeah. he definitely got that down in the hand motion. Right, I was like, all right, right. All right, he got that for sure. Yeah. So I think you know it's almost like I divide Tupac the artist and Tupac the man. Yeah. I think Demetrius Ship did a good job of playing Tupac the artist. Mm -hmm. Um, but Tupac the man, I think he fell really short. He did fall. He did fall short. So uh, those are my my thoughts mainly. So I did not think it was a good movie. Um, however, I don't want to knock it entirely. Uh, yeah. I actually enjoyed the movie. Like I said, mm -hmm. I did not think it was good. But I did <laughs> enjoy the movie. It was not a waste of my time. It was yeah. not a waste of my money. And I'm glad that I saw it. Right. Um, I'll probably see it again when it hits like cable. Like Notorious. Yeah. I got Notorious. Like I said, my brother got it for <laughs> me like on Blu-ray. And I yeah. like almost cursed him out for it. Because I was like, dude, why'd you waste your money? Right. I watched it. I was like, why'd I waste my time? Right. It's something that I, I almost feel like throwing away. Like <laughs> Tupac to me is not... The, the All Eyes on Me is not garbage. It's not mm. a great movie though. Right. Um, it suffers from... Essentially, it, it's, it suffers from a couple things. It suffers mm -hmm. mainly from a lack of investment. Okay. Um, they did not invest in. They did not invest the resources necessary to make this a really good movie. I actually the, really agree with that, and I didn't even think about it. But one of the major pieces that that makes your argument is I remember looking in the movie theater and like the um, that House of Blues show mm -hmm. is iconic in in Tupac history for folks that you know really follow him. And um, I remember the few scenes that they kind of panned out to the crowd the crowd seemed like it only had 30 to 50 people in it. Right. And I remember being like, okay, everybody knows that the House of Blues is bigger than this. Like, couldn't they have at least invested to to give us a stadium so that when they show this iconic Pac performance, it really looks like he's performing in front of a huge crowd. Um, and that's just, you know, one of the really basic things that showed a lack of investment the house of blues performance is that the one that they've taken the hologram image from and they showed it in i think so yeah where he's in the white he's got the white jeans on and the white t uh, tank top right yeah so they so the person who directed this is benny boom all right, <laughs> right. i'm gonna go through his filmography <laughs> next day air in 2009 uh swat firefight in 2011 there was and a sequel to SWAT. All Eyes on Me in 2017. In the Jeez. meantime, he's got a bunch of music videos in his name. Um, none really recently. Right. And he was he was one of the one of the big names though in, in music videos at a certain point in time. So Okay. Either way, this is a movie. You know. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, nah, you can't say that because we talked about how much you love Belly. Yes. And Hype Williams did Belly. But I don't think that belly at least has is such a stylized movie like this is uh, not a stylized movie yeah you're right and that was hype williams yeah undoubtedly in my opinion anyway the greatest hip-hop video music video director of all time i don't even think it's close yeah i mean i, I but if you give me a million dollars to do a video my joint might be crazy too but i mean i feel you i i stylized definitely and and his whole style and the way he did things is very iconic so i could actually go on a lot about 
how this movie like i could actually even do like a make it a classic for this movie yeah all i was the thinking that, that why it, don't we that, do why don't we do you know we can do critical perception right. or critical reception it's not going to be received well we could just it's not we, well we, received we, we just kind of uh, do that. it had 20 percent on rotten tomatoes Tw- when we went and saw maybe? it it's now yeah. 24 oh hey, uh, so it went right. up uh but it's gone down on imdb it's like in the mid sixes so you want to give give the low lights um well or the highlights. Uh, all right. Let's do so highlights. Well, we, we, sure. We're kind of doing lowlights. So we'll finish off with the lowlights. Right. So the lowlights, um, not enough production value in it. Yeah. Um, there's no essential theme. You know, they're, 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 <laughs> it's what they, what they try to do is this. They mm. almost like, um, like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go on a mm. quick, quick, quick tangent, right? Okay. All right. Have you ever read the Hunger Games or seen the Hunger Games movies? Nah. All right. Have you seen the movies? Nope. Either way, I read the first book, uh-huh. whatever, right? The first movie was trash. Main reason why it's trash is because when she finally goes into the arena, right, okay. to battle it out, right. like, you never really get the sense that she's really, like, in imminent danger. But yet you read the book, and it's just, like, it's, she's, she's constantly struggling. Like, she, 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 she's dying of thirst at one point. Okay. And, like, you feel, like, the sense that she's in there for, like, four weeks, and by the time she's done, like, she's completely emaciated, and mm. you just feel her pain, right? Right, right? You see the movie, and they don't do any of that. Instead, what mm. they do is they just kind of gloss over, like, the main bullet points. Isn't it's, it supposed to be about children, though? It's about well, children, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're not going to show, like, a kid starving, right? But, but the thing is, is that, like, when you watch the movie, you don't get the same sense right. of, like, of tension uh-huh. that you do when you read the book, uh-huh. right? Yeah. When you watch this movie, all they're trying to do is just go through, like, the main highlights. It's like, yes. oh, this yes. is a timeline of events. Yes. So this happened, this happened, this happened. And let's just kind of go through these I major 100% points. I 100% agree with and you. It feels like, like the cliff notes to Tupac's exactly. life. And it's just like, when you're watching a movie as art, when you're watching a film as art, mm-hmm. there needs to be some kind of tension. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some kind of message, a theme that the that the moviegoer, that the watcher mm-hmm. can, can connect with and experience right. and say, like, this is what I got from that movie. When yeah. you watch Straight Outta Compton, there are, to me, there are two main themes in it one there is the 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 kind of political unrest kind of what you talked about but mainly it was the idea of hip-hop the struggle for um ghetto urban rap life you know music uh gangbanger music to that to be appreciated as art and real expression right right? and that the whole idea that that would come through break through and like and not just be disregarded as trash right Right. there's that theme and then the second theme in it is the idea of what happens when money and egos and stuff come into a group come into a family and kind of rip it apart and how that kind of how 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 that kind of becomes undone Uh when you watch this all eyes on me movie there really isn't, you know, yeah. you don't really, there's several things that you can kind of touch on, but you don't really get into it. Uh, it's just, it's just so, kind of missing. I think, I think what they tried to do, right. And, and, you know, we can comment later on whether they were successful or not was, um, you talked a little bit about a movie. I think it was alien or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you talked about how, like they didn't do a good enough job of essentially giving you that initial investment in the in the characters to right. where you actually cared what happened to them mm-hmm. right and i think here they tried to sit us down and say these are the influences of what brought Pac in the world you know right. you see his mother she's pregnant she's you know um delivering her her you know speech about how she got herself off and how the state is trying to get her you know then you see you know his his stepfather and how you know he gets arrested and and the fbi is looking for him and they're chasing him and etc and so everything that she's kind of educating him is look you know the man x y and z the feds are always going to be on you and then you know they they move to the next sequence which is you know um Pac, he's got all the hoes already, but then he's on his way back to the hotel and then he sees that an injustice is happening to a black man. And mm-hmm. He stops his, his limo and he goes and he ends up firing on the police officer and he gets off, which so I sick. wish they had um, they had done more about because yeah. I think that that is the particular moment that took Tupac from just being a guy that makes rap music we'll talk to about that later. people thinking he was larger than life but yeah, we'll I, de- I definitely want to get into that in more yeah. depth later so um but but so they get they gave you that theme and then right when they when they connect to the point where um you know he he starts to get a, a level of fame he goes back and he sees his mother and mm-hmm. his mother says these people are going to give you just enough tools to bury yourself right right and then so that's like i think supposed to be this underlying theme it, that he has these there? panther roots and he's trying to he's he's battling between those tools of the world and his underlying message that he wants to change the world exactly um i i think 
that it's like I said, it there are bits and pieces that are like kind of scattered, and yeah. if you really look into it, you can kind of gather them. Yeah. But the movie, in my opinion, does not do a good job of really nailing that home. Right. Um. So that to me, you know, and, and aside from the acting, mm-hmm. um, I think that. They, they, for me, what would have been more important is not somebody who has his eyes and eyebrows and, and lips <laughs> and nose. Right. To me, what would have been more important is to somebody who could just have his smile. Right. right? First of all, the actor, actually, I'm not going to say anything about his smile. Uh, that would be that would be mean, but whatever. You watch the movie, you'll see it. Um, but his smile okay. looks nothing like Tupac, and his voice uh-huh. sounds nothing like Tupac. And I think yeah, that those things his, really kind of hampered his performance important. because the entire time you watch it, it's like, yo, this dude doesn't sound anything like him. That's and true. Tupac is so recognizable that you yeah. would think that somebody that he could do a little bit more vocal training to kind of, you know, so, so you feel me so like something. Speaking of of voices, because that's very important. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about Snoop, Snoop Dogg, and 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 how they gave us this guy that looks like Nick Cannon who played Snoop Dogg, and then they, I, it seemed to they voiced over Snoop. I don't think they did on I top think, of that. Person. I don't think they did. Are I you sure? I I'm, I haven't looked into it yet, but I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure that that we'll, was. We'll a have a gentleman's bet. I bet you that that was his. I bet you that was a real guy. Okay. I bet you that was his real voice. Dude sounded keep, almost exactly like Snoop. Yeah, so. but like you can take Jay Farrow, right? And yeah, you can you can true. put him away well, from actually, the screen. You know what's funny that you say that? I uh, Jay Farrow and Ari Spears, mm-hmm. both incredible vocal talents yeah. with, the, with the whole doing impressions. They always do impressions. They do great DMX. They do yeah. great Jay-Z. They, they're they great at all of these East Coast rappers. When they get to Snoop, uh-huh. they always do it wrong. But and that I, doesn't I, mean I, that this guy I can't do it, right? I listen to them, and I'm like, how do they get Snoop wrong when they get everybody hey, else perfect? Two of America. It, it, if, when you guys go see the movie, you, you will see, like, it... He sounds so like Snoop, it's ridiculous. But I actually think that's him, and he's just done a, a really good job impersonating. Okay. So either way, um, uh-huh. so you were talking about the the Demetrius ship and how yeah. his voice doesn't so, sound. So like so the, that those are some of the lowlights for me. Um, the highlights, and it's kind of what you were already talking about earlier. To me, the biggest highlight is the relationship between Tupac and his mom. Yep. And I think that that's that really probably should have been the central theme and i think they should have done a lot more with that by the way you want to talk about the viola davis um you know uh snot cry that we got from um from afini uh the woman who played afini shakur was was incredible i think so she she's denying uh guerrera she plays michonne in the walking dead if you're familiar yeah i i don't don't watch that that's fine sorry i'm 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 like i'm missing all the cues on all these movies she's a a zimbo for all the uh folks out there but she um she is uh she was i think one of the highlights of the movie in terms of acting um and there's a specific scene with her crying where you're just like, wow, that's like the Viola Davis cry. Like, which 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 scene was that? I'm trying to remember. I just remember being like, oh snap, she killed it. I mean, she's a she's yeah. a talented actress. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, when you have somebody who's a, a talented actor or actress in a pile of shit, like it, it really stands yeah. out. Oh, she was without a doubt the best performer right. in the movie. Um, and, and most consistent. So, but I don't even remember specifically what scene it was. She had a couple of crying scenes, but she was yeah. like very convincing. As and his mother. I, I think that that of, of anything else, that and I guess the music, like I, I enjoy yeah. I mean I was bouncing in the theater. Yeah. So I was really getting it. Yo, in, but so. the, I mean, yo, Pac's catalog is just so yeah. deep and it's so dope that even I think there were some places where I would have done it differently if I was mm-hmm. doing the soundtrack. But like he just had songs that were appropriate for so many moving events. Mm-hmm. And so like they were able to put a song that was like the perfect kind of soundtrack to what was going on in the movie. And they used the music to move the narrative along, which I liked. Um, I thought it was interesting that they used the Clinton correctional uh, interview as the centerpiece of the of I understand the why they did that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a mixed. I think that had they executed it better, mm-hmm. It would have made more sense. I think in the in the end, I understand why they did it. It was a logical decision. But I mean, again, I think that the director just executed things really poorly. I think it was kind of cool, though. The one thing that 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 gave them the ability to do was to give us Tupac before prison and Tupac mm-hmm. after prison. So right. so agree. essentially, you know, he's he's down and out. You know, he sees his mother. He sees that somebody, you know, somebody get killed, and you know, he feels unsafe. 
and then and he's calling the label and the label's not or you know he's calling his manager and the manager saying sorry we can't get the money he's talking to his mom we can't get the mm-hmm. money and then he calls suge and suge's like got you right yeah. and then immediately you see the turning point he goes back to the interview he's been giving about how hard his life mm-hmm. is and he's like I'm you back. motherfuckers are back, back. <laughs> you get the the after the after prison tupac almost yes. immediately and i thought that was kind of cool you get to see the transition to where he became the larger than life rep superstar uh tupac that we get after prison so one of the other lowlights for me uh there's several other guys i gotta talk about first of all mm-hmm. i feel like they spent more money getting bad chicks in this movie <laughs> than they did on all the other That's production great. stuff i mean it was look I ain't, I ain't gonna complain you know i got <laughs> eyes and i appreciate it but i mean it was ridiculous some of the chicks that they had in this in this movie more so you thought straight out of compton has some has some tits and ass nah yo like yeah and it was like it wasn't things that we needed to move the narrative along. no it was like no. it was like yo we're just chilling we got naked hoes chilling in the hotel and then the scene is is in the next room we're gonna like, spend we're gonna spend <laughs> five whole seconds on just this one lady in a g-string just walking like i mean you know i can take this you know quick movie break to just enjoy this moment yeah if it was was a good movie it would have been more enjoyable right (laughs) so 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 that that i thought was just a little kind of like yes they got that they whatever but the other thing too is Mm -hmm. that one scene that that really got me hyped Mm -hmm. and then just immediately just sucked all the air out of the room mm-hmm. was when was when you meet Big for the first time, right? <sighs> Tupac comes on. Tupac right. comes on stage. He's, he's in New York, yeah, and yeah. then like, and you know, you're like, he's, oh, showing up to New York, yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, you just see this big presence walk into the room. He's like, yo, that's Big, yo, that's Big, right. and he shouts out Big, and everyone's like, yo, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, and I'm feeling hype. I was like, yo, it's Biggie, like, and I know it's I know it's active, <laughs> but whatever. I'm like, yo, it's hype. And then he starts rapping, and it's just like, oh. yeah. No, I mean, when I oh, saw man. when I saw Gravy again, I already knew it was not going to be good, right? We've seen Notorious. Yeah. We know we've seen his peak, Biggie. But they could have done a voiceover. They could have actually had Biggie's vocals. Yeah, th- that's what I didn't get. They had the actual. They had the the actor himself doing yeah. the vocals. It's just like, nah, like yeah. you could have done. Yo, I got seven Mac, Mac 11s, 11s about, about eight thirty eights, nah, nah. And that's what we thought was gonna happen. Yeah, that's what I thought was gonna happen. Yeah. Nah, they didn't. Yeah, they I was like, because I remember when the beat dropped. I was like, this ain't where Brooklyn at. Yeah, but the, but but they shot out. Yo, where Brooklyn at? So I'm like, all right. Yeah. And then that's not what happened. Yeah. And it was just like, damn. The they could have. They. I was so hyped. You know, just, something just that, watch, watching him walk up, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Something else that really d- kind of disappointed me, and and I mean, maybe this is just because I'm I'm kind of weird and meticulous with Tupac facts. Is just um, the the Tupac getting shot scene, okay, and, and how they did it, it. It just none of the facts of how the it actually occurred played out. You know, and and very distinctly, the verse that he recorded before he got shot. Which is the one that was on Deadly Combination, which was on Big L's album, mm-hmm. that had Big L, Tupac, and Biggie. So he recorded a verse for Ron G for Ron G's mixtape. Ron G stopped the breaks, um, right? It might have been. Uh, but uh, holler it, tell me if you hear me. I hear niggas is trying to kill me, picturing pistols, spitting hollow points till they drill me. The whole verse is about how dudes are trying to kill him. He uh-huh. leaves that session, goes and gets shot. This shit was almost like he predicted what was going to happen. Right. And, and I think that that was so important to the narrative of Pac as this, you know, oracle and prophet that people, you know, want to paint him as. That, like, why why would you... Maybe it was just too difficult to capture that. But um, the whole scene of how... So he gets shot, right? The, his homies come. They pull him into the elevator. And the elevator goes up. Right. Like, that doesn't make sense. Why would you... Why would you do that? You would yeah. call the. You would want him to get out. So no, the well, but, that, could, but they also show him. Know. They also show uh, Biggie and them coming down, and they show him getting pulled out on the stretcher, and he's flicking people off. Yeah, but th- but that's the opposite. They came down, and he got on the stretcher because the ambulance would come to the downstairs. No, but they the they sh- they showed him getting. Yeah, they showed him. They they showed him going into the elevator. They showed the elevator going up, and they showed all the people in the studio like, oh snap, oh you know. Then they, then they cut. And then they cut to him getting wheeled on the stretcher coming out of the building and flicking off the camera. Uh, so that's just bad editing. Yeah, it, it yeah, was, it was just, just weird. It, this, yeah. this scene didn't make sense. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think, should we should we kind of do like and make it classic? Like where would you improve? Or do you still want to talk about some... Well, what, are, what, are you, what are some mm. things that you think the movie got right? 
what did the movie get right? Um, so I I, I kind of like and don't like the way they're kind of doing this whole um this whole Marvel Universe thing where you know you get Suge Knight from Straight Outta Compton play Suge Knight, but, in this that, but movie. they didn't do that. And, did Suge Knight, no, that's a Suge Knight from... it's not. They should have got the guy from Shea Out of Compton. Oh, and then that's they, another and then they the got Gravy from Notorious. I thought yeah, that they were kind of trying to... That's the only thing okay. they did. I thought they were trying to build like no, this they character have. world. And, and I wish yeah. they got the Suge Knight actor from Shea Out of Compton. Right, right. This guy did okay. Yeah. He was, I mean, he's big and stuff, but like the, the dude from Shea Out of Compton was like, like, I was afraid of him. I was not afraid <laughs> of the dude from, yeah, from, from did, this All Out of He definitely didn't, didn't give like a, a very convincingly no. scary Shug. Yeah. Um, what else? Man, I don't know. I just think like Tupac's story is just so good yeah. that it's like, you, there's no way you could make this movie to the point where it was uninteresting. I think, I think, I guess I'll just get right in, right into it. Like what I would, I think that if you really, really wanted to, if you wanted to, you, you, I, I almost think you wanted to make, you needed to make a decision, mm-hmm. right? If you just wanted to make a movie, then you should have sacrificed some things and really, really, um, dive into other things right and it I should have to, been there should have been a specific narrative as to what yeah. the movie was about like it, like just a piece of you know maybe like like what led to their demise what created the east coast west coast tension or you know i think for i think for me that's kind of what they were going for but if i were to make a tupac movie mm-hmm. what i would have done is i would have focused on um the kind of like the walking contradiction that was Tupac, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't say that in a disparaging way because I think that Tupac was a man of integrity. Right. And so I think that he's very uh, uh, seemingly a walking contradiction. Right. But I would have focused more on some of his activism. I would have focused more mm. on his relationship with his mother and with the Panthers. Right. And I would have gone more of that route so that when things do kind of unravel, mm-hmm. it's more like, wow, this is not just like heartbreaking for him, but it's heartbreaking for the movement in general. Right. Right. And they didn't do that in the movie. And I think that's what I would have done. You but know if you something really I did wanted like, to go though? into, hold on, let me just finish this. If you really okay. wanted to get into like Tupac, everything, I think that it needs to be captured in like a 10 episode series huh. really is is, yeah. is is what it should do. But, that's but, true. But go ahead. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They did try to kind of cover too much to the point where it really felt like they were just bouncing around from event in his life to event in his life. Um, but I did kind of like the... Um, the fact that they captured his relationship to Digital Underground. Sure. And, you know, how, I mean, they didn't really show, show that he was a roadie per se, but they kind of did. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he the tension where he was like, look, I want to I wanna get in front of the mic. And then, you know, you see him and you see the whole video with him, uh, same song joint or whatever. Um, so I, I did like that. I, th- I think that, like, I just think that they got some of the relationships wrong. Like, to be honest, mm. I'm not even sure if you need a Jada Pickett's character in this movie. Mm. Now, here's the thing. Now, that's a controversial, controversial thing to say, yeah, right? Jada but, already said that that wasn't her relationship. What do you mean? She she came out on Twitter and Facebook uh, over the past couple of days, and she's been saying that the movie got their relationship wrong. I think it, I, I'm, I probably yeah. did. And part yeah. of the reason why is because I think that one one scene that I liked, and I remember mm. that you know you and you and Ola were kind of like, uh, joking about this, or maybe she was, but uh, when he reads Jada that 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 poem, right. right? I actually thought that was a touching moment, and but one of the problems was is that like you don't even really know who this person is. Like if you go into the movie and you don't know who Tupac is and you don't know about his relationship with Jada, you don't know how serious that is. All that well, is is just some girl. Well, she uh, she came out and said that he never read her the poem, and really? the first time she saw the poem was in his book. The, the the book of his poetry that came out that we all saw so okay. so um that was one of the things that she kind of pointed out but yeah i mean it was it was kind of a sappy moment and just in knowing or at least knowing what we think we know about their relationship it doesn't seem like he ever would have read her that poem you know you're probably right i'm just saying like the mm-hmm. way that there was just there was no character development there right it, yeah. it was kind of like a good scene but then at the same time you're just like well I only, it's only a good scene to me because I'm familiar with these two, right. you know, but the movie didn't do a good job of explaining that. I think what they tried to assume is that everybody knows who Jada Pinkett is. Yeah, right. but that's fine. But like, I didn't know all that much about straight, uh, about NWA before I saw the movie. Like I, I yeah. did, but I, I didn't, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I feel like I didn't really need to know much about them to just appreciate 
yeah. that story. Yeah. I think that there was a lot of things you kind of needed to know about Tupac mm-hmm. before you before you went into this. Mm. Um, I think that one of the other things that they got really really wrong is there's some moments where even though you say that you know uh, Dimitri's ship whatever didn't mm-hmm. do well as Tupac mm-hmm. the, the the man and I and I agree with you. Uh-huh. There's some really really they had some really good chances, some good opportunities to really kind of like nail like nail at home like who Tupac was like okay. like uh when he's giving his speeches to the media when he's giving mm-hmm. his speeches to the court right. um when he's like in those moments like that I think that they could have done a I lot agree. more I agree it, they could have put a lot more into that um mm-hmm. they didn't do anything with like his activism stuff and yeah. maybe he wasn't all that pronounced but you know, since he's passed, like I've been under the impression that he was trying to do a lot of things for the community and they yeah. don't really show what that is. And when he was in Clinton Correctional, they actually have like some of his phone calls where he tried to organize things, you know, to help out kids in Jersey and to do X, Y, and Z that they didn't really mention. Um, I think and, they got that, they and, got that wrong. And one of the main things they missed was the joint where he's in the red hockey jersey with the red bandana mm-hmm. and he's spitting at the camera yeah, going, yeah, 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 yeah. going, that's my new style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's like a, iconic moment that they should have put in the movie uh yeah they they just they they they, they missed so they missed the mark on a lot of on supposedly a lot of john singleton was originally helping produce this movie and apparently he wanted to take an angle or include some details that maybe people around Pac or Pac's family didn't want to be included in the movie and they cut him he, he got fired from move, making the movie and that might be these- part of they they didn't articulate what the what those things were that he was trying to include, but uh, John Singleton you know came out and said like this movie sucks. I, I would have done it differently. I'm X, sure y, he would have. Yeah, he so. probably would have been a good uh, a great choice to direct this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I I look. I haven't really said anything positive about the movie <laughs> in a while. I did, but I did enjoy the experience of it. I just yeah. think that objectively speaking i mean i can recognize and acknowledge that they just they missed the mark on on a lot of on a lot of things and it's just not a very very good movie overall it is kind of disappointing i would say Um, though if you're a hip-hop head if you're a tupac fan um you know if you like the culture like i feel like it's worth going to see the movie mm -hmm. or seeing the movie just from the perspective of i mean even just watching it and picking apart details and things that they missed and things like that i enjoyed that experience Mm -hmm. itself what did you so what did you think about the nigel character (laughs) (laughs) um we talked about this i feel like they tried to put like two or three different people in one character people whose names we're not not name and not mention or or those names which i think we're also not going to mention those names right but uh i think you know to some degree everybody kind of knows even tupac himself who mentioned on record you Mm -hmm. know who some of these people were that were involved in you know him getting set up and etc and um, I think they kind of tried to create that character in the most PC way that they possibly could. I, I agree. Um, I remember making an, a note um, to you in the theater. I was like, wow, they're really, really playing the safe. To the point yeah. where Nigel character even says, like, no one moves in on Pac unless I say so. And you and right. I were like, yeah, I don't buy that shit for a second. All right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was it was interesting how they did it. The only other thing that I would say I appreciate about how they put the 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 sequence of events together is um when you see Kadada and Pac at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um and and Kadada says, Yo, stay, stay in the hotel room mm-hmm. and he goes, I promise Mike that I will go see his fight. Right. Um and I think they they use like a lot of that sequence to show how loyal Pac was to to people. Um even the the fact that, you know, he sees the dude who who jumped Suge's nephew, which right. I don't even know if they really pronounced that that was his nephew, but whatever. No, they did. Um, I thought okay. they did. Yeah. I think they just showed him as just some. Oh, maybe you said that was that was his nephew. You, that maybe was that's his nephew. okay. Yeah. But he sees him and he, you know, he he gets p- hype and he punches the dude. But um, you know, a lot of, you know, what they say in terms of the conspiracy of what what got Pac into trouble was a lot of people that were around Mike, Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. And so um, I did kind of like how they found a way to weave Mike Tyson into the story, like in terms of that he had a relationship with Mike Tyson. Okay. Yeah. Um, what did you think about, I guess, the beef in general, the 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 West Coast, East Coast beef? Do you think that was portrayed accurately, fairly? Um, That's a good question. I, I feel like they always try to like, 
they always try to push both figures, both big mm-hmm. when they did the Notorious movie and Pac when they did, you know, his movie away from it and be like, these people weren't involved in it. It was perpetuated by the media. But if you want to do that, everybody knows that the Vibe magazine article is what made, what solidified the East Coast versus West Coast beef. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? Uh, yes. So there was the Vibe article. They had them on the cover, the whole nine. Like, yeah, you know, there's a East Coast versus West Coast beef. Mm-hmm. These people have beef with each other. And I think like that made it, that took it from being two camps or two rappers that had issues with each other to like, you know, people like me who was like a, you know, a kid in middle school who has nothing to do with it being like, oh yeah, fuck those guys, West Side. You know what I mean? Dude, like, you were, you were all no... about that bad boy shit, man. <laughs> it was weird though. Cause it, it like, <laughs> I, like it literally, I mean, I moved there when I was what, 11 years old, 11, uh-huh. 12 years old. I remember the very first day I, I was in Cali I heard West Side Connection bow down on the radio. And, uh-huh. and then I went to school and all the kids were throwing up West Side. Yeah, fuck the East Side, West Side. You know what I mean? And then shortly after, you know, Pac, Pac gets shot um, and th- for the final time, you know? So it's just like there were these outside factors that perpetuated this East Coast versus West Coast thing. And I don't think they did a good enough job of showing what that was. Do you think... Uh... Well, yeah, but Pac definitely perpetuated some of this stuff, too. Definitely. But even the things that he did perpetuate, like, I wish they had shown when he recorded Hit Him Up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that's, like, an iconic moment. The music video with the fake the fake little Kim and the fake mm-hmm. Biggie and, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like, some of those things definitely did per- perpetuate it, but I just don't think they did a good enough job of showing how real it was. I, I almost think, not, not even almost, I think the scene where big is assassinated in in notorious mm-hmm. gives you a lot more of that feeling where you're kind of like you're kind of like nervous for the character right. you, you really want to know what happens he starts getting the phone calls and the whole nine and then you know and and it's a big moment and he's you know he's at the party and everybody's feeling him and everything's great and then the the momentum shifts i feel like the scene where Pac is shot with suge it's just too long and drawn out yeah and it doesn't create a suspense where I'm like, you know, what's going to happen? I'm just like, okay, can somebody like hurry up and run up on the car real quick? What do you think about the gospel music? Oh, the Jesus stuff. Oh, I hated stuff. that. Yeah, I, hated I wasn't, and I wasn't I mean, really feeling that either. And I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, so I, it's not about the fact that I, I don't like gospel music or anything like that. I just think it made it really, really corny. It was really melodramatic. Yeah. I mean, it, I guess it's supposed to be dramatic, but it was really like... It definitely kind of took me out of what was going on. I agree. And and it was just, you were like, okay, when's this scene going to be over, right? And um, and I didn't feel that way about the Notorious movie. Again, you know, they they ran up on, on Big, you know, they shot up the car. Puff's like, drive, drive, you know, the whole nine. I'm in, I'm in the moment. I'm like, oh, snap, yeah. drive. Like, are, are they going to get to the, you know. I didn't feel that way about the, the scene in the Pac movie. Okay. Um, somewhat of a side note. Going back to this uh, East Coast, West Coast thing, uh-huh. do you think that there was anything in Who Shot You? That's a good question, man. Because I it mean, was recorded before. But but can you prove that? Or are we just going off of what Puff says? Uh, when was when was um, when was he shot? Do you remember? 95. I don't remember the do date. Remember, do you remember the date? Nah. It's released in December. Um, but I believe that it was recorded before that. Yeah, they were saying it was recorded in 94 or something like that. So it wasn't, you know, about them. But the the thing is, it's just like, okay, you know, there's this so-called beef between you know who uh-huh. and your man gets shot up and then you put that out. Here's, so here's my thing. I think that it was probably not smart for you him to it put was it Puff? out. Do I think it was Puff? Well, Did according to Notorious... Out? It yeah. was all Biggie's idea, and right. Biggie was the one who wanted to perform it, and all this shit because yeah. Diddy's insane, right? <laughs> um, but I, I was, that's according to the Notorious movie. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't think that Biggie. Uh, I don't think that when he recorded that song, it had anything to do with Pac. Yeah. Him releasing it though probably wasn't poor taste. Right. Um, it, I, especially since he didn't have a conversation with Pac beforehand. I can say I, I think it was probably in poor taste. Um, yeah. I, I think that though, like I've heard Biggie, uh, I've heard Tupac disses from Biggie. 
You know what I mean? Like I, I, I recognize them. Like I've heard them in the lyrics. I'm like, oh, that's a shot at Tupac. Right. And then I've gone and done the research. Like, yeah, this was absolutely a Tupac disc. Right. There's nothing in that Who Shot You song that has is any way directed towards Tupac. Right. I've listened to the lyrics and he's just he's just rapping. Right. The other thing too is that song is dope as fuck. That's one of his sure. dopest songs in For his sure. catalog. Yep. So I can also see why he would want to release it. I mean, that shit was fire. Yeah. I, I do. I think that the person to ask more so would be Mary J. Blige and Keith Murray because that's originally right. who the song true, was for. True. It was supposed to be some some intro for some yeah, the Mary version, J. There's a version out there. Yeah. Uh, with the, the Keith Murray version. And I think that I think that that's probably what it was for and they just decided to release it because it was dope. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can absolutely see why Tupac would take it the way that he did. Um, you know, I guess there's a, I guess the main question is, look, did, did Biggie know uh, that Tupac was going to get shot or not? And I think that's the main question. From, from yeah. what I understand, he knew that he should not have been running around with Nigel. He did right. warn him. And they show that in the movie. Yeah. Did he actually know that he was going to get set up at Squad, Quad Studios? Yeah, I mean. I mean, I don't know. We've talked about that. Like, I, I've heard that he did. You and, heard that Biggie did. Uh, that both Big and Puff did. But the individuals who were, you know, part of that conspiracy were people that they knew they didn't want want it with yeah so as a result of that they just didn't get involved i can see i my thing is is it look tupac is very is very is very smart guy very intelligent guy Mm. biggie is very intelligent as well and i can see biggie being like you know what like i'm trying to live too and i ain't trying to fuck around with these cats i mean you know you know your streets right like so i mean i i tell people this all the time i move differently when i'm what we call back home out of bounds Mm -hmm. than when i'm in my neighborhood yeah if i'm around if i'm around and i know the streets i know where i'm supposed to go and i know where i'm not supposed to go i know who i can talk to and who i can't the thing about Pac, especially Pac post jail Pac. Mm -hmm. so pre-jail Pac was like we're all black people and we're all we all got the same struggle and we all need to be together so he wanted to move in such a way that he embraced every every community right post jail Pac was like not only do i feel like that but motherfuck everybody death row so it's like he had an additional chip on his shoulder in terms of the way he moved and i feel like you know it just kind of makes sense in the scheme of that where, where Pac being like yo I can handle myself they kind of showed it where he got the Rolex and, mm-hmm. and you know Big was like yo this your man like chill you know and he right. was like yo I'm I'm, you know who I am like you yeah. know etc so I mean I think it kind of makes sense in the scheme of that yeah um, how did you what did you think about the uh, I get, okay I'm curious about this actual jail time as well because uh-huh. my understanding is that he did a lot of reading while he was in jail. They didn't right. show any of that. Yeah. Instead, they show Clifton Powell. Shout out to Clifton Powell. Clifton you know, Powell. They, they had to throw him in the movie. I was just saying, yo, if 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 the movie don't got Clifton Powell in it, it's not black enough, yo. Yeah, so they got He's Clifton in Powell in it. Movies. And they got him as, if you look in the IMDb, his name is Floyd. Okay. Uh, but the whole, that whole shit, that sequence did that make weird. any sense to you? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the relevance of I it. Did, I didn't, so, so there's a yeah. scene where um, these guys, are, they're playing Who Shot You? Mm. And, you know, they see, they see Pac, they turn it down. Pac is like, nah, I'll turn it up. Mm. So they put it up, turn it up. Pac gets a little angry. <laughs> then Clifton Powell comes and says, turn the music down. There's almost a confrontation. And then he has, he tells, he tries to educate Pac. He's like, I'm in here for life. You've got so-and-so time. You almost right. out. You got to make better decisions. And then the next scene, <laughs> he runs up on the cat. Clifton Powell runs up on the cat who played the music and hits him with the ice pick. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. What is that shit made no sense. I, I feel like they tried to do two things with his character. Uh, thing number one is they tried to level Pac's head because, as you said, when Pac was in slash came out, you know, there was a, a a bit of paranoia there in terms of, yo, who's really my friend? Who's not my mm-hmm. friend? He, do I retaliate? Do I not retaliate? Et cetera. So he level sets Pac. But I think also what they tried to do was create a level of tension in Tupac being behind bars. Mm-hmm. That is the reason why he reaches out to Suge and says, hey, Suge, get me out of here. I need a lifeline. Right. So I think that's what his, the purpose of that character was. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about his time in, in Clinton other than mm-hmm. him writing and, you know, reading and who sent him letters and things like that to know if there was somebody named Floyd who yeah had actual relevance to him being there one one highlight for me was when he gets out of jail and they go straight to the studio yeah to record um california yeah uh 
that scene was dope is that how that yeah, happened that was really dope um they say that that's how it happened it was that night the other thing that i really loved about it was they say that Pac had that work ethic where you see him leave after doing that verse and go to the b studio b yeah. and get on two of america's most wanted yeah. and so they said that that's kind of how Pac was where like people would knock out i don't know a song and then smoke weed till they fell asleep whereas Pac would would go in a session work really hard and then be like okay i'm done with that knock that out mix that and he would leave and go to another studio and then he would knock something out there then he'd be like all right you mix that then he'd go back to another studio like they said he had this crazy work ethic yeah. where he would get all this this stuff done and i mean that's kind of what they try to show there i think that that was one of the shiny moments for uh the actor ship mm -hmm. i think that you know the way the way he's moving the way he's kind of like throwing his arms and like the way they had him dressed up like i, I yeah. actually kind of felt Pac in that moment right and then they actually do a scene uh which is shared in straight out of compton as well where um you know they got them some dude who apparently did something wrong right. and they beat his ass like in the studio yeah um the scene is played out in Shade Out of Compton as well as in All Eyes on Me. It's mm. portrayed differently, but you can tell. I don't tell, think it's supposed to be the same scene. I'm pretty... I Well, okay. It, so, so no, based no, no, on... No, 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 it is. Because in Shade Out of Compton, he's... Uh, it's, it's interesting. Shade yeah. Out of Compton, he's recording like hail mary mm. or something like that. Mm. And then he cuts to... Dre cuts to... Um, Two of America. To, uh, um, no, he cuts California to California. Uh -huh. And then... I mean, he's wearing the same kind of clothes and then he uh -huh. goes back into the room and then some dude's beating somebody down and that's when Dre is like he's like we got Tupac in there working such so working like what are y'all doing this that uh -huh. and the other um, and, but in All Eyes on Me it's portrayed very very differently but it's the same I, I think, music I think in both situations they wanted to show what the environment was environment like in Death like, Row yeah. which it was known that you know Cats got hemmed up a lot um, mm -hmm. and that was just kind of part of the culture and one of the things I liked about Straight Outta Compton was they showed, you know, pretty much Snoop. The reason why people didn't mess with Snoop is because He's Snoop brought 20 Crips with yeah. him every time he came to the studio. So right. it's like, that's how you got Daz Dillinger. That's how you got Corrupt. That's how you got these dudes. It's because these dudes were, were his homies, but they were his muscles. They rolled with him. Like, you know what I mean? So Not I think a, they, I'm that's sorry. why you got that in there. By the way, I got to say, uh, in Straight Outta Compton, or or one of the dopest like intros to any character is in Straight Outta Compton when uh when Snoop, who's portrayed by Keith Stanfield, who I mm -hmm. happen to or Lakeith Stanfield, I think okay. is his actual name. Uh if you don't know him, he's the guy he's the first guy who gets kidnapped and get out. He's also the guy who plays um D or whatever, uh in Atlanta. Okay. Anyway, he plays he portrays uh Calvin Brothers yeah. and um and uh Shadow Compton. And when he kinda like rolls up and you see like the crip bandanas like mm -hmm. everything is just like all dragged down like yeah. and then he walks up into the studio and he almost gets into a fight with that whoever and Dre's yeah. like nah come he's like yo cuz like I want to rap on that that's the <laughs> uh the the uh into deep or whatever um oh, you mean deep cover a deep cover yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that intro was dope anyway yeah. uh, I just I just I just had to say that but um one thing that I thought was interesting was when Tupac is witnessing all this violence right yeah and it's like you can see him processes it. He, you can see him process it, but mm. then his expression of it right. is very, very different. Like he's almost like laughs a lot of this stuff off. He's like, "We all mm. like that shit's funny," mm. and it depends. I'm curious what you thought of that because on uh. one hand, that that's actually a good piece of acting right. and directing. If you uh -huh. if you're supposed to get the idea that he was really conflicted about this stuff, mm -hmm. but that he didn't necessarily show that, I mm -hmm. thought they did a good job of executing that. But I'm not mm. sure if that's what they were going for or yeah. if that was accurate. So when I first started watching it, I it was kind of daunting, right? A little bit because it was like Pac's supposed to be this revolutionary right. and then that happened. But as I as as it kept happening, because I think it happened maybe three different times. Um, yeah, it happened at least film, twice. Right? It happens once at dinner. Yeah. Um it it made me reflect on myself. Mm -hmm. Uh and it kind of took me down when I was a kid and when I was coming up and like, you know, I had people that were friends that were, you know, bangers or whatever, and like stuff like that would happen around me because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't out here trying to, you know, be doing X, Y, and Z, but right. stuff like that would happen and it's like you're perceiving it and you know that it's wrong, but at mm -hmm. the same time, you're in an environment where you're kind of comfortable, so you just kinda are just processing it and, it, and you don't really know how to process it. So the laughter is almost just like your way of 
it's like a coping mechanism. You I think, know what I mean? I think one of the things that, um, again, I'm not sure how accurate this was, but mm-hmm. the movie definitely conveyed it effectively yeah. in the sense that I think that um, Tupac, for 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 you know, as strong as he was, whatever, he was also very impressionable, and I yeah. think that. You know, he liked being the revolutionary. He liked being the smart, intelligent guy. He's constantly quoting Shakespeare throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, but he also liked being the guy who was hard. Yeah. And I think that Suge, at least the way it's portrayed in the movie, is Suge is he's doing a lot of this stuff to like potentially break other people, let them know mm-hmm. like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, you fuck around with me and that's your ass, right? right? But at the same time, he's doing this and he's showing Tupac right in front of his face, but he's also elevating up Tupac. Mm-hmm. He's also saying, he's like, yeah, but you know, you're good. Like, this is who I am, yeah. but you're good. Well, he because told, you're gonna, you're he gonna said, be you're on the, the golden, You're the golden goose. He said right. that to him. Yeah. And I think that that, look, you know, when he's last talking to Kadada, he says that look, everything I have is tied to death row. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you can kind of you can kind of see how Suge uh, laid out the groundwork for that. But at the same time, too, like you know, I think Tupac kind of liked being where he was, like having that mm-hmm. status. You know, mm-hmm. knowing that this guy is is really really ruthless. Um, but you know, yeah. I'm I'm kind of you know I'm safe from all that. Like he's not yeah. going to do that for me. And I think that that's kind of how he got immersed into this world just doing yeah i think I part know. of it is like is what you're saying part of it is also you know tupac always kind of talked about being this black revolutionary you see him kind of get dicked over by by the label mm-hmm. and it's these white men that essentially initially they don't they don't connect at all with what he's trying to do he's trying to put out you know which record was it brenda's got a baby yeah and they don't get it and then he's like well just pretend like you get it essentially and they were right. like yeah yeah oh we get it yeah right. we want to sign you right so then you have the opposite experience where he keeps bumping into Suge and Suge is in the same places he's at and Suge's mm-hmm. like, yo, you need anything, I got you. Right. So now he's a part of a black mogul structure. Mm-hmm. So it's like all the things that he always kind of said he wanted. Like he, you know, he's he's in this power structure where it's like, it's black owned, black serviced, you know, uh, all the money and capital behind it is is black. And at the same time, it's, you know, strong arm, you know, if you fuck with us, we'll fuck you up which is actually almost in some ways kind of similar to the Black Panther, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, hierarchy. Um, and so I think maybe he, he kind of felt that that was the more comfortable power structure that he wanted to be a part of. Yeah. We, uh, we should probably start wrapping it up soon. Yeah. I do kind of want to give a quick cursory, like if I were in charge, like what I would do. Okay. I think that I almost think it's impossible to make a movie. Uh, I think uh-huh. that it would be, better if you made like a series yep and the way that i would do it is like the first couple episodes like the first episode Mm -hmm. would be entirely devoted to afini Mm -hmm. and um she's she's either getting pregnant with tupac or she's already (laughs) pregnant with him right and so basically like i would want to see because i think that one of the things that the movie did well i already touched on this is was his relationship with his mom Mm -hmm. that was probably the best thing they could have done but where the movie fell short is that you don't get to see anything after his death you Mm. don't get to see any of her legacy or or how she helped continue the legacy of her son so what i what i think would needs to be done in the series right is really focus on like you know her struggle with the panthers like what that was really like and Mm -hmm. specifically evolved around her Mm -hmm. so that we get a more you know sense sense of her then you know next episode tupac is born Mm -hmm. and then you kind of see his relationship with his mother with matulu next episode he's in baltimore you get to see his relationship with jada but you also get to see how studious he is Mm -hmm. how he gets into shakespeare how he gets into acting and then you get to see like his mom kind of fall apart Mm -hmm. next episode after that he can go out to cali get oakland get in with digital underground um, after that, he gets into the apocalypse. Then the next episode would be strictly for my ends. So you really want like ten? Yeah, like, you like, want like 10. a real series. It, 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 strictly for strictly for my ends, and then he also, you know, he gets to meet Biggie. Mm. Then after that, he's making me against the world. He gets involved with Nigel, whatever. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then and then so on and so forth. You know, ultimately the last episode for me mm-hmm. would be, you know, he's he he dies in the penultimate episode, mm. and then. The last episode is the aftermath of all that and how his mother is trying to continue his legacy. Yeah. Things like that. And the entire time, like, you know, his mother is kind of interwoven into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's kind of, if you really wanted to get, if you, 
I think that if um, one of the things that they show like in the credits is the scene where he says like I'm not saying that I'm going to spark the world but yeah. he said the brain the mind that is going to change the world I am going to spark that right. mind like, and I think that if you really wanted to convey that Tupac uh-huh. it would have to be in a series and I think you could yeah, do it yeah. um, that's kind of where I would go I think to add to what you're saying I, I agree with you wholeheartedly and I think I, I, what I thought what I was thinking was more like a mini series but mm-hmm. now that what you're saying now that you're saying what you're saying I actually agree with you that as a full series it would be even better mm-hmm. because you could also weave in celebrity appearances yeah so for example um he says fuck nas right and then supposedly you know a- after uh, an award show he and nas actually confront each other you know they kind of truce up you know ha- and say hey you know i respect you i respect you too etc everything's cool before he passed mm-hmm. uh shortly after that um, it would have been dope to see that moment yep. on screen, you know, some li- so you could kind of weave in other characters that we know have a piece of uh, Janet in, uh, in, in Poetic Justice. Right. Yeah, they so did you get a Poetic Justice. They episode. did show, you know, yeah, a lot of that stuff. Like little things that we know happen, yeah. but involve other people that are near and dear to our hearts as, mm-hmm. as, as other, you know, figures in, in hip hop would have been really dope. Mm-hmm. So um that i mean that's gonna wrap it up for me uh generally i i did enjoy the experience i think that it had a lot of shortcomings it's not objectively it's not a good movie i think they missed the mark they had a great opportunity to do do something however i think that some things were working against them obviously they didn't have the the production or the budget um the straight out of compton had and i think that tupac's life is so dense that Mm -hmm. if you really wanted to get an effective portrayal of who he was and what he meant to not just hip-hop music but to black people and to america i think that you know two hours and 20 minutes is not enough time i think that you Mm. actually need a full a full 10 episode series and i think that that would be dope that would be fire and but i wouldn't mind if if somebody tried to tackle this again as a major motion picture Mm -hmm. but i would say if it ain't broke don't fix it get that same team together that did straight out of compton yeah um actually interview people like but you know straight out of compton the people who wrote that the screenplay Uh that was all white people who wrote that shit okay well you know but 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 those people did must have done their research and i mean they they got nominated for it as well it's it's helpful when you have the people who or many of the people yeah. who are actually involved right yeah. there you know with he, you something i need um, to I, we need to look into is i want to know how involved his mother was in this because I, I think she might have had some involvement i heard that she wasn't involved that's a shame because yeah. i think that she should have been yeah. the one and to then, really and, and if, if she can be honest about who he was who she was uh, and really do that i think that i mean because i think that there's a lot there to take from 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 tupac and with her relationship um and then and then you know i mean why would you not consult jada right like everybody knows that jada is one of his closest friends if you didn't consult jada that tells me that you probably weren't close enough to the people you needed to be close to 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 really get an accurate portrayal of who he was as a person i think what they with the people who put this together they kind of they kind of had an idea about what they wanted to do about who yeah. tupac was who who they wanted the show and like i said they just had a timeline of events and they said oh how can we get from this point to this point to this point to this point yeah. and show that yeah. and it's just like you need a central theme yeah you need to, to good storytelling yeah um and you just they just yeah, yeah. you need more investment in the characters exactly. too like um we never really found out what happened with his sister like talking about like right. we just kind of she was just kind of mentioned oh yeah she's good she's a mom now or you're like okay cool. you don't even get you to don't see, get his stepbrother you don't even get to see dre departing you learn that he departs right and i think that i understand it's a tupac movie it's not a dre movie dre had his movie with shane out of compton but at the same time dre helped build death row right. death row was hugely integral to what was going on with tupac in that stage like exactly. you need to show one of the founding members leaving and (laughs) why right you know what i mean and they didn't even really show his relationship with dre you know what i did like though what's that um so supposedly you know obviously he fell out with dre right uh, which is the reason why on to live and die in la you get you know uh, california love part two without gay ass dre Dre, at the beginning right um was because he found out that um ambitions as a writer was produced by By Daz, daz right and and I guess Dre had taken credit for that. He had taken credit for I Got My Mind Made Up. Um, and I think two of America's Most Wanted. So he, he had taken credit for multiple beats that, you know, Pac, Dope I guess, beats, by the way. went to Pac went to Studio B and asked Daz to play him some music. Daz plays him music and he's hearing the music that he heard that Dre said that he made. Yeah. And he, he says, well, 
yo, you know, like Dre told me he made these. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of wish that had played out, but I did like that they gave Daz credit for the beats sure, that sure. he did. You moment. know, I think they, if you had a series, you could even get into like, I, I'm curious what that recording session was like with Met the Man and Red Man oh, on man. I Got My Mind Made Up. Right. Because that Inspector was in the middle Deck of was, the beef. And Inspector Deck was on the original version. Oh, was he really? That's the reason <gasps> why you, that's why you hear his ad libs at the end. Oh it's, man, that would have been crazy. So I think if I remember the story correctly, because I, I might be quoting it wrong, um, they lost the dat that had Inspector Deck's verse on it or something. Mm. So they just left his ad libs on it, and that's why you don't you don't hear his verse. Either way, I would have been curious to see that per- portrayed because that's right in the thick of the es- yeah. East Coast versus West Coast, and that's when I think Method Man was at ninety six, right? No, this is actually yeah. yeah it probably I, I think been it's ninety five, late ninety five or something. All like right. That. Uh, so the one thing about that track though, that's also that that would have been really cool about it is similar to California Love, that song was a Dre song that Tupac heard and was like, I want that. So that song was already recorded mm. before Tupac came is and, that what put, it is? and put his okay. stuff on top of it. All right. So yeah. anyway. All right, well, I mean, that's going to wrap it up for me. You got any uh, closing thoughts? Nah, sounds good. Uh, any ideas on on uh, on what we, we coming up with next? Uh, we've got this episode with Panama that's actually been recorded, but we've got some tricky editing stuff <laughs> there. But uh, we're going to try to introduce a, a new segment called Battlegrounds. Um, yeah. We're going to have uh, some guest appearances on it. Basically, we're going to throw out some hip-hop topics and have people battle it out, you know, just... You know, who who's the greatest storyteller of all time? You got your opinion, I got my opinion. Let's battle it out. Bow, um bow, we're, bow, we're, bow. Exactly. We're gonna we're trying to agree on the format, but uh once we get that straightened out, we'll do that. Um yeah, there might be some uh, some more classic albums that we need to pay homage to. And then for sure, uh, for sure. we should probably make something else a classic at some point as well. So. Yeah, man. We got a lot coming up for y'all. So it's good to good to meet and get it together, yo. So, All right, so that's it. Yeah, make sure y'all go see the movie. Yeah, see it. Um, see it. Definitely see yeah it. just go check it out it. for sure. If you're ahead, which you probably are if you're listening to this podcast, check the movie out. Let us know what you think in the comments. Peace. Peace. Peace.